listening to the bomb hole. Bomb hole podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the bomb hole. slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we are. Another episode of the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, first things first, Stony Buds, how are we doing today? So good, my dog. That one sounded nice. I like that one. Thank you. To my left, we got Maria Thompson in the booth. Maria, how are we doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, guys. Well, we are happy to have you. Uh, for those who don't know, Maria is pro for Burton. She's sitting on an extremely heavy resume of video parts, one of the best snowers in the world, and she also happens to be a mom, which is super badass. Uh, but first things first, where are you from originally? I'm from Denmark. Um, I'm from a town called Espia. It's like on 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 the water, an hour and a half from Germany. And yeah, I grew up there and lived there till I was about twenty. And you moved where from there? To Whistler. Yeah, the first place I went snowboarding. So, are you a citizen of Denmark or Canada? As of recently, Canada too. So I'm, I'm dual. Nice. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. You. Let's give you That's an air awesome. horn for that. Thanks. Now, I heard you speaking to your son, uh, Teo, in two languages, right? Is it, how many languages do you speak in, with him and in general? I, I speak only, I speak Danish and English, but he he speaks Danish since he was born, and then I put him into French school, so I was like, I might as well squeeze another one in there. So he can speak three languages, but yeah, I'm just two. And he's fluent in all three? Yeah. Wow. Nice work. Yeah, you got to learn them young, huh? You got it's so easy, and yeah. um, but I I find I found since he started school he tr- like he does a little more English to me, so I have to like keep reminding him, but he thinks I'm annoying. But I think it's super important. I want him to speak to like my family too. They don't speak English like my my grandparents and stuff like that. And I wish somebody taught me a language when I was like a kid. Yeah, it's, is uh, Danish the same as Dutch? Oh, no. No, that's different. Okay. No, Excuse it's very similar ignorance. to Swedish or Norwegian. Okay. Just like a bit more like we speak with like a potato in our mouth. They, okay. they, make, <laughs> they make fun of us. They think you uh, We do that with the French Canadians, yeah. too. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. They, we say they have peanut butter stuck to the roof of their mouth. That's good. Yeah. Potato is also good as well. <laughs> now, I heard a rumor that uh, before you get into snowboarding, you're uh, kind of a problem on the handball court. Oh, yeah. Let, right. What's going on with handball? Break it down for <laughs> yeah. us. We, we got to know. Well, my parents both uh, played handball growing up. So, like, that was, like, a natural thing that I started playing handball. And I just got super into it. It's, like, competitive. And we were, yeah, we always try to win. And it's, like, kind of, like, aggressive sport. Like, super physical. And I like that. Um, so I played handball until I was, yeah, a teen. My whole life, basically. So what is Did handball? you smack it with like, your hand? Is it the one where you, yeah. You're indoors. Wing it at the no. brick wall? No. Like you, you like, um, you throw it to each other. You can take like three steps and like you defend like your goal line and you have a goalie. Yeah. You guys don't know handball. I don't know much about handball. <laughs> I hate to say I don't know handball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's huge in Europe. So really? it's like people take it pretty serious. Well, let's give ourselves a gunshot for that. <laughs> I was thinking you like smack it like racquetball. No, no, no. But you use your just your hand. Yeah, you like throw it to each other. Oh, it's kind of hard to explain, but yeah, we'll look it up. We'll put some in the show notes or something. Yeah, I wish I had, wish I had some old handball clips. Like, but like it was serious. My parents were like giving me like tips, and like I was on like the team to go to like the um, 
what's it called? Like the country's best. The like, nationals. The nationals. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that so was like, it's like a full-on big deal over there. Yeah, yeah, that was my dream to be a pro handball player for sure. Like, do they get pra- paid and all that? They do, yeah. They do. Not as good as the soccer players, but yeah. they get paid pretty good. Damn. So I also heard another rumor that you were into break dancing. Is that true? <laughs> that was a short period of my life. <laughs> <laughs> a dope period. Though. I um, uh, let me think when that was. It was kind of like. Just before I got into snowboarding, I think I was like looking for something, and I remember like getting this DVD, learn how to break dance, and I got rid of my bed in my room so I could try to learn to break dance, and I actually went to a dancing school for six months where I lived at the school, but it was more like I thought there was going to be a lot of break dancing, but there was quite a lot of ballet and like super technical stuff um, that we did, but I did have a, I just love dancing and. Then I wanted to be a dancer for a little bit, and so you can uh, can you shred the dance floor? I can shred the dance floor. Yeah. Wow, that's a great that's a it's a great trait to have. A dope skill, right there. I yeah. guess depends on who you ask. Weddings, like you can kind of just kill it. That's <laughs> yeah, a good just thing. Kill it, show off. Yeah, that's a great uh, skill set. So you know, you want to be pro handball. When when did you find snowboarding, and what did that look like? When I was um, eighteen or nineteen, I was in business college uh, in Denmark. And I had a few friends that, like, went to Whistler and did a season. And I was like, oh, I want to come visit you guys. Like, so I bought a snowboard and went there for two weeks. And I had, like, the most insane fun. I was like, what is this thing? Like, I, I don't even know if I – I've never heard about Whistler before anything. Like, I was just, like – it was kind of, like, just that fluke accident that I went there. Just I just wanted to take a break from school. And the whole time I was, like, this – I just had so much fun. It took me in the park, and I was one of those beginners that went off the jump and, like, fully knuckled. Like, I was like, but they all thought I was so fun. I'd just do anything, and I, I thought I was the shit because I was like, hell, yeah, I'll go off this, like, big 60-foot jump. But, like, had I was completely kooky. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was a total kook. But, um, yeah, that's when I fell in love with snowboarding, Um and I went home, I finished business school, then I went to the dancing school, I worked on the Greek island for a bit, and then I was like, oh, I forgot about snowboarding. So when I was 21, I went back to Whistler, and I did a full season, and then I haven't really looked back since. That's pretty sick. That's unbelievable, (laughs) due to the fact that there's a lot of snowboarders that might think that they're, like, washed up by 21. True. You know, like, the the competitive scene, like... like if you're doing slope style, you're and you're 21, you're like one of the old guys. Yeah, I'm just so happy I found it. Like I, I don't know where I would be without. I'd probably be a hun- handball nerd. Like or <laughs> break down. I don't even know. Well, how did you? That I mean, because you're 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 pro now, and you started basically at 21, which is kind of like uh, boggling my mind. It sounds so, like a fast learning. Curve. How did you get good so fast? I, I would just snowboard every day. Like, it, I was obsessed. Like, I was nowhere in the worst weather. I'd be up there by myself. I remember I would, like, text people or be like, hey, you want to go? And they're like, oh, like, it's a storm out or, like, it's shitty out. And I would, oh, well, I'm going because I think I was, like, trying to make up for lost time because I didn't have, like, any any years in my childhood that I snowboarded. And I just was, like, I just wanted to learn and I just had so much fun. Well, when did you start getting momentum where you're like, oh, maybe I can get sponsored or when did you get sponsored or how did, how did that, what did that look like? The first few years I was just, 
hurt. I was like, I hurt my everything. Like I broke everything, did my ACL, and my parents are like, yeah, I know you. I gonna stop. Like it was. It's been fun enough. Now it's time to like do something else. And the only thing I could think about every time I was hurt, I was just like, when can I get back on the snowboard? Like I was so obsessed with it. Um, and I think in two thousand and twelve or around that that time, um, Steve Outerbridge from West Beach hit, uh, hit me up and was like, hey. We want we want to give you some products like um, and I was like so stoked you know your first sponsor and you're just like yeah I'll take whoever would have came to me I would have taken it out of a need yes for sure but he yeah he um, reached out to me and he also helped me um, get in touch with Barrett uh, Christy and get on canoe so that kind of started yeah in I don't know how old I was like a couple of years in my I had snowboarded. 23-ish, something, give or take, 24. Yeah, 25 maybe. 25, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's incredible. And so uh, speaking of Barrett, she is, for people that are unfamiliar, the Mervin, or she's a big part of Mervin, um, which is like GNU, Lib and all that, mainly GNU, right? Yeah, she and she was my TM. She was your TM, yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's the legend. She's such a legend. Let's give her a big yeah, old hair. Seriously, <laughs> and the kindest person. She's mm-hmm. so awesome. Legendary pro before being TM as well. So she was the first person kind of, when it came to that, um, was she one of the first people to kind of give you your shot? Yeah, I think she definitely always tried to like push for me. And I think she had a say maybe in getting me in real snow too. I'm not, haven't gotten it confirmed, but I feel like she was always trying to help me like do something. Um, Yeah. So real snow's 2019, right? That's possible. But still, it's it's kind of wild. If you start snowboarding at 21, yeah. six years later, you're filming for X Games Real Snow. The gnarliest give or take. platform for video street <laughs> snowboarding. Yeah, well, put a lot of hours in. I don't know if the necessary skills. I just, like, just kept going. Like, you know when you film a video clip, too, you can go forever. And I've definitely taken advantage of that. And just, like, kept going to, like, get a shot. Just feed off the energy. I love that. I, I see I see some people filming video parts, and I'm like, why are you filming a video part? You're so good. You don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can just go ride, and it's amazing. But for certain people, like myself, it's like, well, if you give me, if you give me 500 tries and a handrail yeah. and a filmer that's ready to camp out, I'm going to come up with something. I'll get you a clip. <laughs> but, like, there's people that just go do incredible stuff all the time. Yeah. No, I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to Dara. She mentioned that she thinks you're the most determined, hardworking person she's ever met in snowboarding is what she said. Oh, wow. That's big words. Thanks, Dara. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think in the beginning of my, when I started filming, I think people people get so annoyed from filming with me because I would go like till past dark and they're like, like, you already got the shot. Like, and I just keep trying to get it better and like, yeah people would get a bit frustrated but I just wanted it better or I just wanted to get it and like they wanted to quit like they wanted to stop way earlier so what was the first project you filmed for it was uh too hard I it was mostly park in the beginning it was me Dara and Danielle and Danielle came to Whistler and we started filming park edits but that kind of like opened the door or my eyes to what you could do when you just had a crew you know because 
I like just didn't have anyone before. So when we realized we could just film each other, I, I, it just like showed me what you could do. So we started filming park edits and then we started filming in the streets after. Um, I had filmed a little bit before. It's kind of hard to remember where it all started, but I had filmed a little bit before I met up with them and just sent my footage to Danielle. And I'd filmed a lot that never went anywhere. <laughs> just a bunch of board slides. I just like found a few of them the other day and I was like, oh, I, what did I, I just filmed all this, but I never did anything with it. Kind of funny. Yeah, that's an exciting time when you're first getting <laughs> clips and you're first like you trying to figure to it out. Them, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's sick. You so to send them to Danielle though, and that's how she noticed you and got you on the crew. Yeah, no, that was a it was a super good platform for I think for girls to have something to do um, back in the days, especially for street riding. Yeah, totally. Now, did you think at this time you'd ever be, you know? on the Burton team with all the big dogs no. back then. No, no, That's no. unfathomable probably, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know if it was ever like really my goal either. Like not, I'm super happy where I am, but I just like was, I just wanted to snowboard and I just like wanted to film something that was good. And I feel like that was always what was like pushing me. I, I didn't even, I didn't even know where I was going. I just wanted to film like a good video part. Now, how obsessed, how obsessed are you like a really obsessive person where it's consuming your thoughts all the time or where you compartmentalize? What percentage of the time were you thinking about snowboarding? I think I have changed a little bit now. I, I have love a lot of other things, but before I was only snowboarding. Like summer, think about snowboarding. Like I, all I wanted to do was snowboard. And now I've, I'm obsessed with a lot of other things too. Yeah, that's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think those early days, sometimes there's just a complete, um, like, possessed by the devil drive to make it. And yeah. it seems like you had that yeah. at a young age. For sure. How did you actually get linked up with Burton? That was when I started, when I filmed for Real Snow. And I got, an, Jess helped me out and she linked me with Jameson. I got an agent because I would snowboard for free. I <laughs> Like, I was like, I need help with this i'm i'll do anything i'm just like happy to be on my snowboard so super stoked that i got that connection and jameson um i was talking to frankie a bit who's not at burton anymore but then Zach nigro took over and he was stoked on me so yeah we we started chatting and jess camara kind of helped facilitate you getting an agent was that when you said jess yeah Jess, like, I was just, like, talking to Jess, and she's like, I should be your fucking agent. Um, but Jess already has so much on her plate. Um, so I was like, I need an agent, Jess. I'm never going to ask for anything. Like, so I just knew it was the right thing for me. But she also tried to convince me not to get one because she was like, well, fuck, you're going to give money to an agent. You might as well get them yourself. But depending on what kind of person you are, I think, it was very beneficial for me. That makes sense. Some people can't just put those deals together and no. be like, hey, I command this much money and you no. ride for free, like you're saying. Totally. I'm, I am I never think I do good enough, so I don't think I would be selling myself very good. Or even get to a place where you're riding for Burton, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, thinking about your career, too, before you got on Burton, it seems like you went too hard crew and then switched over to Uninvited with Jess and got the Ender. And uh, how was it when you switched over and started filming with the Uninvited crew? That was awesome. I really liked that crew. Um, and Jess was like, 
I don't know, I looked up to Jess so much. So, like, having her believe in you and give you a chance was, like, so big for me. It was really huge. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to make her proud. I was like, oh, I just wanted to do it. And um, it's kind of funny because when we just started filming for the first Uninvited, um, it was me, Dara, and Jess was supposed to be part of it. But both me and Dara blew our knees on <laughs> <laughs> in January. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, oh well, there goes my shot. <laughs> and I remember like I just like couldn't even text Jess. I was so bummed on myself and I was like, what the hell? But she was super cool. I mean, obviously injuries comes with snowboarding and it happens. But um we ended up doing a two year project. And so I got to film for that and I was just like so ready to send it that year. Um a little cautious too, because I didn't I did blow my knee, but I didn't have a surgery. So I just like went without, I don't have an ACL anymore. So I didn't know how that was going to go, but it went okay. <laughs> well, yeah. you never got the surgery? No, I, I had surgery in 2008 and then I blew it again, filming for the Uninvited. And then I just decided not to get surgery because I needed two surgeries and I, that meant I was going to be out for two winters. And that was like, there's no way. So. I didn't know you could just ride with no ACL. You can. Some people actually don't have an ACL and they don't know. Oh, they don't even know it. They don't know. But I for sure knew that I had blown my ACL. It was really bad. But um, you can, I mean, you can build up your strength. And yeah, it's all about building up around it, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, let's Crazy. talk laundry list of injuries. What do we got? Oh, God. Um, we got ankle surgery. We have two ACLs. I broke my uh, fibular two. I broke my hip, my iliac wing. I broke my coccyx, my my tailbone, um, both my both my collarbones, my rib. I had big elbow surgery too. Uh, wow! <laughs> ri- both wrists. The bionic yeah, woman. Talk yeah, about yeah. a laundry list. <laughs> yeah. How much metal you got in your body? I only have metal in my elbow. Okay, but that one was so bad that I'll never take it out. You can see it actually. Yeah, I don't know if you can. I see can that, see that for sure from huge here. Huge one. Yeah. Okay, so you've uh, been an absolute punching bag. What's, hey, you just uh, charge, huh? What advice do you got for people that are dealing with injuries? Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's because in the beginning of my snowboard career, well, it wasn't a career, my snowboard uh, life, I I would snowboard way better. Like, I would push myself more than my skill was, and I could just kept getting hurt. So, touch wood. I'm getting a little bit better at it. Of course, you still get hurt, but yeah. Um, and yeah, with injuries, you really have to do your rehab and listen to your body and work out. Like, it's hard. It's like you got to work double as hard, but you have to maintain it too after. Like, now I always have to keep my knees strong. Um, so yeah, you do your workout. Yeah, we get asked. I mean, I, I personally get asked a lot about how do you deal with injuries, and there's there's like a depression there's like a depression that comes along with that too. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Like, did you ever get down in the dumps when you're when you smack your knee or? Oh yeah, so low. I think that's the lowest that you can get when you can't do anything. Um, it can be so hard on the mental. Um, but I think I'm getting a bit better at it because I'm realizing that it's just part of it, and then you kind of build up this like um, excitement to get back on your board. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think sometimes. When you come out of an injury, you come out stronger than you were before. Yeah. Because you get, have so much motivation to get back. So you just like, you kind of get the tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an interesting fact too, is like, you know, c- those considering like, oh, I want to be a pro, uh, you know, 
And it's like, look at the laundry list you just you just rattled through. You're like elbow, wrist, shoulders, knees twice, ankle surgery. Like uh, you're you basically just been absolutely <laughs> destroyed, you know. And I I think I find that really interesting in the fact that like a lot of people want to be pro, but maybe don't realize like the amount of um, shit your body can go through. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know how good I'll be doing when I'm past 60, but <laughs> ho- hopefully good. <laughs> but yeah, you don't know, but it's, it's hard because you don't think about the future, right? So you don't really, and you don't want to either, and neither should you, but it's, yeah, you're going to pay for it one day. Totally. Yeah, it's yeah. going to catch up with you. There's the cost to be a boss, huh? Yeah. And you were just charging. You weren't scared. You were just flying, throwing your body off of anything oh, that yeah. was in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been quite the spectacle out there thought, to watch. I just thought it was so funny. And that's so much downtime with all those injuries. That must have been so hard for you. Yeah, it was for sure tough. And I think it was really tough on my parents, too, because I would always go home and I was like, Mom, I'm hurt again. You take care of me. <laughs> my mom was like, oh, my God, Maria. Like the, my, When I broke my elbow, was in Austria. And I remember having like emergency surgery. And I was just so bummed on myself. I didn't call my parents. I was by myself. I didn't call, call anyone for a week. I was just in the hospital. Like... And I don't think I ate anything, and I didn't know what to do because I was supposed to go to Whistler. And I bought a pack of cigarettes, and I would go down to the smoking room with my, like, stander, and I would have one cigarette, like, in the smoking room, and it was so gross. But I was so sad, and then, like, I would walk back up to my bed. And, like, they were like, well, you need to take a flight home. And I was like, no way. Like, I was catching this bus home. And I was like, you guys, just, I just got to get out of this hospital. Like, I was so depressed, so sad. And then I came home with, like, surgery, and my mom was like, what the hell, Maria? And I was like, sorry, I just didn't want to worry you guys, but, like, crying at the hospital every day by myself, I should have probably just called my mom and dad. Just smoking cigs out of shame. Oh. <laughs> with I your IV, shame IV smoking scenario. stand, too. <laughs> That's I quite would, the picture, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I was just so low. You're just like, like, I'm going to buy cigarettes. I'm so miserable. It was disgusting. Ugh. That's an interesting yeah. choice. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Bub's Naturals. Now, what is Bub's Naturals? They're a company that makes all kinds of products, but the one that I like the best is their collagen protein powder. Now, I like to take this, mix it in a smoothie. I take two scoops, throw it in a smoothie with some blueberries, banana, almond butter, some chia seeds, uh, some some uh, oat milk. Mix it all up. You got yourself a great smoothie. And the thing that's great about it, with two scoops of collagen in there, you get 20 grams of protein. And as you get older, your body kind of loses its ability to synthesize this protein. So you got to get it in the system if you want to keep snowboarding when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. If you want to be 110 and still be able to make twist, or just turn down the hill for that matter. You got to take care of your body. So that's what's cool about Bubs. Uh, it's a company that comes from the world of snowboarding. So you know, snowboarders for snowboarders here, and you're supporting a great brand. Ten percent of all of their profits go to charity. So if you want to take care of your body, head on over to BubsNaturals.com. Use promo code Bombhole for twenty percent off. Again, bubsnaturals.com, promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off. I usually go through about two of these jugs a month if you're getting a lot down the gullet. So 
Again, bubsnaturals.com, promo code BOMBLE. We're going to take a second and talk to you guys about 686. Mike West started this brand 30 years ago in 1992. The coolest thing about Mike West, he's actually a snowboarder, which is huge because a lot of brands these days just aren't ran by snowboarders. And he was able to grow this brand 30 years now to what it is today, the juggernaut of an outerwear and streetwear company that it is. The coolest thing about 686 is the people that Mike West surrounds himself with at the brand. I actually used to ride for the brand back in the day, including my good friend and photographer, Blotto. Forrest Bailey's on the team. Patrick McCarthy, the Sarge. George Cavalla, East Coast legend. The list goes on and on. A cool thing about 686 is not only are they making outerwear, they're expanding the line to a new category with streetwear, or actually what they're calling it is activewear. In my case, actually loungewear, because you might see me wearing this stuff in the airport because it's so comfortable. But it's a small line of tech clothing designed for climbing, hiking, mountain biking, even parkour, if that's what you're into. The fabrics are DWR-coated and not only technical, but extremely comfortable. One last cool bit of info about 686. They really care about being eco-friendly and reducing their carbon footprint. If you want to get some outerwear or some activewear on your back, this is the brand for you. 686, let's go. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Granite Towers Equity Group. It's Dan Breezy's company. He was episode 71 of the bomb hole. He's a friend of the show. And if you're looking to invest some money, he's got a great company for you. So here's a couple words from Dan. What's up, everybody? Dan Breezy here with Granite Towers Equity Group here to talk to you a little bit about investing. During my snowboarding career, I made some pretty stupid investments and put a lot of my money in IRAs and life insurance policies. And I soon realized these investments were not going to move the needle. So in 2017, we founded Granite Towers Equity Group, where we buy multifamily apartments. We come in and add value to every deal we buy by upgrading the property's interior and exterior, and you can invest right alongside us. You don't have to go out and learn it all and manage your deals and become a professional investor. We've raised just under $100 million in equity and have 2,100 units under management in the Dallas, Texas, and Nashville, Tennessee market. And we invest in every deal we buy. Every single deal will have skin in the game. So direct message me today on Instagram to learn more. My Instagram name is at Dan Breezy. That's at D-A-N-B-R-I-S-S-E. Or send me an email, dan at granitetowersequitygroup.com. Thanks. All right, we're going to get in a guest question from none other than Dara Reed McLean. I'll give her a little air horn first, too. Okay, here we go. Hi, Maria. Hi, Baumhole. This is Dara. Uh, Maria, watching you balance motherhood and professional snowboarding has been inspiring. But you had Teo before your career was established, and I remember when you were coming up and filming your first few parts, you didn't have a ton of support from sponsors. So I've always wondered how you decided to continue to pursue professional snowboarding after you had a baby. I can't imagine that was easy, and I think a lot of women would have maybe shifted focus away from snowboarding, but I love that you didn't, and I think it's amazing that Teo gets to grow up seeing his mom follow her passion and live her dream. Just wondering if you could talk about that decision to keep going at that time. Okay, thanks. I can't wait to listen to this episode. Nice. Thanks, Dara. Um... It wasn't really that easy, maybe, because I think when I was when I got pregnant with Teo, I didn't have any role models to look up to. So I was definitely going through a phase when I was pregnant where I was freaking out. Like I 
I didn't really know what my life was going to look like, but I had like a couple of my parents' friends that were like, um, okay, so what are you going to do with your life now? What, what are you? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I live in Whistler. I'm near to snowboard. And they're like, yeah, but now you're going to be a mom. So, you know, you need to provide and you need to. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, yeah, but I, I always worked. And, but snowboarding has been like what has been driving my life since I started. So it was like a no brainer that it was still going to be that way. Having Teo. Um, but I think it would have been nice to see that it was possible. Like I didn't have anyone that I could be like, oh, they're doing it. Like, so I can do it too. Um, so it was, it was definitely a transition for me and a, a lot of, a lot of uh, struggles when I, in my head, I think before, but then when he was born, it was kind of like, it was like I never had a life before and it just became natural. Like I took him, I took him on a rail trip when he was five months old and um, he just came along and I figured it out in a way like you can't really, you can't plan or you don't know what it's going to be like. So you just kind of got to roll with it. And like, I thought it was always cool to bring him along. Um, and I think it comes, I thought about like, that my parents always did that to me when I was a kid. They brought me to <laughs> the handball games and stuff like that. Like my dad said that I would run around naked and he's like, Maria, like put your clothes on. And he was like playing and he's like, see me naked. And he's like, put your clothes on. Like, <laughs> and like, they always took me wherever they were going. So maybe that's something that I got from my parents to like realize that it's okay. Like you don't have to protect your kids so much. Like it's okay. They can adapt to your lifestyle and be part of that too. Um, but I, yeah, it definitely not uh, easy nine months. I think that was some stuff going on in my head. What What would the baby be doing during the rail session while you were like battling a king trail, let's say, in the streets? <laughs> well, I at the time I at, was at five months old. <laughs> 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 well, he's obviously holding the camera. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> just yell, "Damn it, tail! You, you, I'm out of focus." <laughs> no, he um he at the time I. I'm not with his dad anymore, but he was filming too. So we would go together and we would kind of take turns. And so he would be in a carrier or he would be at home, but I had to I had to breastfeed him because he was five months old um, and I couldn't really just leave for a week and neither did I want to. So, um, yeah, we kind of figured it out together. That's awesome. Yeah. It made it work at all costs, right? Yeah. Youngest kid on a trip right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also so fascinating, too, the fact that, you know, it, it's one thing to say, are you already have an established career that's taking care of itself? I'm going to continue yeah. this thing. But to be like, well, I'm I'm a, <laughs> I just I'm a new mom and I got a five month year old son and. I'm definitely going to go uh, on a street trip and backlip some rails. <laughs> so and like, you know, I drive around in a van with a bunch of stinky guys and girls or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it's funny to look back to um, for sure. And, and I remember actually being pregnant in Whistler. I was 27 at the time. Um, and I would be, I didn't tell anyone because uh, I didn't want to talk about it because I was like, I'm so young. But really, I'm not that young. It's like pretty normal age. But in Whistler, it seemed so young and it wasn't really a thing. So, like, I remember hiding it, too, when I was snowboarding. Like, I hit a couple of street rails, too. 
when I was pregnant and I was still riding the park. And like, I don't know, maybe people could tell I was just wearing a big hoodie and I <laughs> maybe they just thought I was like getting a little chubby or something like that. But I was like, I couldn't even talk about it because like, it was so abnormal in our friends, in our friend group and in the snowboard industry in general. So I just was like hiding it. Um, yeah. Were you worried that sponsors were going to drop you? No, because I didn't have any sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> that, you didn't get them till afterwards. <laughs> well, I did have. I have. I had canoe at a diamond, but, but like, I no, I don't know. I was just worried maybe that people were going to judge me that I was going to be snowboarding, being pregnant, and really, I was just. I think I was just shitting my pants. Like I was so scared. You didn't uh, know what to do. Didn't know what to do because I just wanted to snowboard, and then I was becoming a mom. So, yeah. Huge. <laughs> and it, it's important to notate there was no role models, like you were saying. There was not a – no one's done it before you. Yeah. Stayed pro as their mom. Not even pro <laughs> before, but – Yeah. No one came up as a mom. to be a pro. Yeah, yeah. came up. <laughs> but I think – I mean, we all know, like, the snowboard industry, we're, like, have so many, like, lifers or, like, we're snowboarders. Like, regardless of you're a pro or you're just a normal one living for it, like, you're just a snowboarder and that's what you live for. So – it didn't matter if I was pro or not. It was still going to be my life to snowboard because that's what I dedicated my life to. Yeah, it makes sense. That's the wisest yeah. words you can say. I, I also like what resonated earlier. You're like, basically, you can't prepare for something you're never going to be ready for. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've heard that from a lot of other parents, too. They're like, how is that? You'll never just, you're, you're never going to be ready, so no. just do yeah, it. Yeah, because a lot of parents-to-be are just like, well, it's just not ready yet. And it's like, you're never ready. Mm-hmm. Until you do it, you don't know what it's going to be like. No, I, sure not. I really commend the fact, too, that, you know, like it's a, a, a child can be such an anchor for so many people where it's like, oh, we can't travel anymore. Uh, we can't. Well, we got to stay home. We got to. It's like all of a sudden they, they just become homebodies. You know, I've, I can think of a lot of people I'm close with that that's happened. And. Um, yeah, and then inversely, like, <laughs> hey, uh, change a diaper, front board the kink. I like that technique, you know? Yeah, it's true. A lot of people, I see a lot of people too, they're like, oh, well, it's my child's nap time. It's my this. And like, I was like, oh, Teo, you're going in the truck to sleep and I can like be hitting this rail for a second. Like, it, it, it's okay. Like, we don't have to. My mom used to go put me in the stroller She'd go for a 40-minute run, and then she'd come back. But, like, if people do that today, you're, like, they're calling child... Yeah, they're calling like, the police. Child services yeah. on you. Like, it's crazy. Like, we're so... Like, for sure, you got to be careful. It's your child, so you don't want them to get hurt or anything. But, like, we can still live our lives and, like, do it, like, without being so... Everything is evolving around your kid. Mm-hmm. And think about what babies dealt with an early man, you know? What they, yeah, they, just, what they in the woods through, and, and they stuff. still made they just it, you know? Throw them, out a, throw them underneath a log, and yeah. they're good. They're yeah. good to go. I'm going to go hunting. Yeah. I don't know if I'll we need to go there. I'll be three but hours. <laughs> <laughs> but babies, my point is babies are resilient. Yeah. And yeah. people are really crazy about it now. They would have called the police on your mom for sure. Yeah. Back in sure. the day. Yeah. yeah. So a baby can handle a handrail trip. Of course. Yeah. He came when he was older too, and it was cool. I I filmed with the the headstones one year, too, and they're all like, I don't know, helping. Let's give him an air horn. Yeah, yeah help, helping out. Yeah, they're all like helping out while I was like snowboarding or something like that, and it was so cool. Yeah, people I'm sure are down to watch them while you're shredding. Yeah, because there was only one kid. Nobody yeah. else would bring their kids, so that was good. And I think also the underlying tone of that whole thing is like it used to be, you know, until you're kind of 
breaking new territory, maybe not in soccer or maybe not in other sports, but at least in snowboarding, it's like, well, I, I can't be a mom until I'm done snowboarding mm-hmm. or I can't do X until I'm, I can't be a mom and or yeah, until my career, I finish my career or whatever. It's just, and it's like, why not both? Yeah. Why not both? For sure. You can. It's dope. <laughs> and now you are that uh, someone people can look up to and know they can do it as well. So that's pretty cool. I do talk to a lot of people that like will contact me and be like, how do you do it? And I, this is so cool. But I think I always say that I don't, I did it my way, but you need to do it your way. But it's good to see that it's possible. But we all do it in different ways, you know? Like, nobody's going to live my life or do it the way I do it or bring their kids on a real trip. But at least you know you can do it. And I think that that's always good to have someone that you can see that it's it's possible. Yeah, be that role model. Yeah. So I got to ask, you know, Teo, he's been with you in the womb hitting park jumps. Like you said, He's, you guys are going to Woodward uh, to ride this week. How long till he's pro? What's going on here? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be close. <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah, I'm not trying to push for that at all. I just want him to have fun. And to be honest, he likes skateboarding and snowboard, uh, skateboarding and biking way more than snowboarding. Really? Yeah. Like I think he likes the easiness of it, where you like you just get up and go, like. You don't have to, like, get dressed or, like, drive half an hour and take the gondola or something. Like, I think kids for sure like the easy. But when we go, it's so fun. He's like, Mom, let's see who can ollie the highest. And I'm like, okay, like, sure, let's go. Like, or, like, he, like, the last time we went snowboarding, he's like, I'm like, where is he? And I'm, like, looking down, and I see him, like, fly off a jump upside down. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I ride down. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like. You're so slow. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. So I don't know. It's cool for me, but it's also he. I'm I'm just his mom. Like, he way rather be with his friends. Yeah, but that's that's still cool. I imagine it's probably fun for you at this point. Where at first, when they're groms, like super groms, you got to really like kind of baby him down the hill, and it's not. But now that he can tread on his own, it's probably super fun. Yeah. It's this age is good. It's really he's seven, almost eight now, but it's like it's a fun age. We can do everything together, which is super cool. Um, but early years, you definitely have to put in your hours to like make them learn. We're at that stage with surfing right now that it's just like we're surfing the whitewash together. But it, you know that it's gonna pay off at the end. So. Mm-hmm. Can he go shred by himself at this point then? Uh. I don't know. No, not really, I think. Just because Whistler is so big. Yeah. And we have to drive there, so I never... Like, he could do a run by himself for sure. But I think, yeah, he's still too young. To, like, go and do it You can get pretty lost at Whistler. Whistler's pretty crazy. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't have his cell phone or anything, so, like, I don't know. Yeah. Have you tried, uh, you know, when it comes to him being potentially being a pro, the, like, aggressive... Uh, baseball dad where you start screaming at him to like make him do tricks <laughs> have you tried that technique yet oh every day <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't i know i i'm so scared that he's not gonna love snowboarding so i'm like fully backed off I'm yeah you don't like, want to force it in oh you don't want right? to go snowboarding okay what are we gonna do like, <laughs> make it all his decision and yeah for not, sure. like planned and forced yeah i think so i'm yeah i hope he'll love snowboarding because where we live but um, and I think he will too. I just like trying not to push. Like I don't, I don't really like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. What else are you gonna do in the winter in Pemberton? 
Sorry. Nothing. Yeah, that's it. You kind of got. It. <laughs> I luck. feel like it's a pretty hard sport not to love. So you just let him find it on his own. He'll figure it out. Totally. Yeah. And there's so many little shredders like in the area we live too. Like it's, it's sick. He gets so stoked when he's with his friends. Yeah. All right. I got to ask Maria. Have you ever tried run through a wall smelling salts? I have never. No. Well, we're restocked. <laughs> uh, they're available at bombhole.com. Here's one. Okay. Buds, would you like one? I would love one. Okay. We'll rip through a couple. Thank Here's you one. for asking. Yep. You might have to explain me how to do this. So you basically just squeeze it, um, and then I, you kind of want to do like a kind of work your way up to the nose and just give it a little, and then come back, and then it'll 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 wake you right up. So just pop it. Wait. Okay. It's going it. to turn red. You squeeze it in the middle. In the middle, of pop. There it okay. Goes. Now nice. give it a smell it. Whew. <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's kind of like a little bit of wasabi. Like it is kind of similar to wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> she got a good one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're back. Woo! All right. I think I'm into it. <laughs> I'm into it. Can I have another one? <laughs> Can I have some for later? I was, I was actually thinking about it coming in this morning because I was so tired, and I'm like, oh. I was like, maybe I should ask if I can have them right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> wake you right up. <laughs> They're good for driving. Buds and I just did a road trip yep. to Bachelor. Yep. Not very recently, but uh, we were smacking them the whole way. Yeah, you get oh, a little wait. bit tired driving, bam. Yeah. I don't know because I never have never done it, but I imagine like I had to sniff some salt or something like that in real life. But this was like just, just it was nice. It was pleasant. Pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I we, we got them as a joke, and I've started to incorporate them seriously in my life. Like uh, racing motocross, I do them before the gate. You snap one before the gate? Yeah, to like kind of like it, whatever it does, it kind of wakes you up. Like how quick before they drop the gate? Like five minutes. You just, as you're getting there, just yeah, get hyped just kinda, up. I think it does something <laughs> for your breathing. Are they bad for you? No, I think they're great. Yeah, I don't think they're bad for you. Uh, I have and to say, have no legally, uh, legally <laughs> I'd like to say I don't know, but personally, I think they're great. Yeah. Now, I got to ask, because I struggle with this personally in my life. I think everybody does. But, you know, you with your situation, being a pro snowboarder, you got a lot on your plate. It seems like you must be really good at time management. Um, No. I wish I had more hours in the day for sure. I, but I, I'm not good at sitting still. So, like, I always do something, I think. Um, but n- I don't think so. I just do things last minute. That's, that's, the, that's the tech? Yeah, I think so. I'm not very organized at all. And I can't. I, I'm i not good at planning. So I, I, if somebody is asking me to do something a week in advance, I'm like, oh, no. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in a week. Like, it's that stresses me out. I like to just, like, plan the day off. I mean, obviously, I have to plan sometimes. But, yeah, n- not good at it. That's not a skill I have. Well, I got to I gotta say that when I look at your your part, I was watching 25 Days with you for, I think it was One World. Is yeah. Edit on YouTube, and you racked up clips. It was there were so many clips where it seemed like you got a clip every single day you were out filming. And what I see there is I see good time management because when I go on a trip, it's dude we aren't racking. I am not racking that many clips. Like so, it seems like you're very efficient. Like when you're on a trip, you're gonna be like, all right, we're getting after it the whole time, dust till dawn. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right with that because I I. I think I can't go on as many trips as I maybe used to. So I have to like, I have to get it done when I'm there. 
So I always, I'm, ex- I mean, you probably know, but I'm exhausted after any trip, like for sure. But I, I try not to chill. Mm-hmm. You just go hard while you're on a trip. Yeah. Clip every day. Let's go. Yeah. But One World was really fun. I was with Ethan Dice and Nilshak and Big Air Horn. Mm-hmm. And that was some of the, sorry, Lou Winkleman was there too. And the funnest times. Ethan and Nils together is just like such a fun combo. So sometimes that helps, you know, when you're just like, I don't know, rolling on good times. Like Nils would be um, sore every night, so he would cook dinner. He said he couldn't shovel at night. And me and Ethan and Alexandrus would go out and like drink a couple of beers and set up spots or a spot check or something like till midnight. And then we'd get up early and we were on a good program, I think. Ethan is so, I don't know, he's been doing it forever. So he was good to have on, on the team for sure. He knows. he knows. He has a no shovel at night. Nils does. No shovel at night policy. That's like a, Buds is <laughs> pretty familiar. Heavy. Buds is familiar I, I, with that I'm policy. Back in that policy. <laughs> That's Nils. That's Nils. But he, but he cooked dinner in return, though. He cooked dinner, but yeah, we ca- we called him uh, soft ass Niles. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Woo. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And Ethan is Ethan made fun of him. <laughs> But that is heavy on a rider to be like, nah, I don't shovel at night. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're going to get roasted. Yeah. You're going to get roasted. A heavy for roast. You're set, throwing Probably yourself for the, the whole fire. rest of your career, pretty yeah. much. For sure. <laughs> it's my back, my, my desk. And I'm like, okay. I'm too sore at yeah. night. <laughs> Everybody's yeah, sore. Yeah. The, the one, you know, the filmers, photographers always have a good one, which is they're looking for their wrangle. cards. We got to charge our stuff yeah, at night. Yeah. Charging There's batteries. Clean my lenses. Yeah. A um, lot, of, lot of excuses mm-hmm. at night. You guys are solid, but. And th- you're also standing in the cold filming and photographing us. You're excused. So you guys are excused. But if you're a writer, oof. you kind of yeah. got to be out there. Yeah. That ain't I, good. I love that shit. Like, well, because you're building, you might be building something that he might hit. So then he's really got to be shoveling. No, you know? no. We yeah. wouldn't be shoveling his butt, I think. Go on. You just said, I love that shit. Yeah, I love that That's shit. Dumb. Elaborate. Well, I just love the ghetto lifestyle of grinding and going out and spot checking and. You're cold and tired, but you know, like you're, you're always on the hunt for something, and yeah, I just love that shit. And a successful trip needs people building spots at night, or yeah. else that's that's the only way to clip up every day. Yeah, and you like you need a spot hunt at night too, because like, it you can't be taking all the daylight, um, and it's I don't know, it's so fun. And you need to make sure you got spots planned out for the whole trip, so you got to just keep going and finding and. It's always tough, yeah. but yeah. That's if the, the whole crew shuts down at night, that's going to be a big problem. Uh, you can't do that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is driving around in the van, usually with buds, and we're listening to some just savage rap music generally, and there's usually like trash like all, <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. And as much just, as we can get. And it's just, it's just a great life. It's a good it's life. It's a good life, yeah. yeah. I was with the, our, this guy, Dave Walter, that I film with sometimes. He's like sometimes comes into my room. And he's like, what the fuck is all you stuff doing everywhere? Like, I'm just like, every all the stuff is An out. Explosion. And but I like, I don't know. I like living the grub life when I'm on the road. And then when I'm home, it's not so bad. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's nice. You can do that on the road. You can. Yeah. Eat like bad stuff and yeah. You don't have that much of a choice. You, you, you really do don't. Yeah. It's hard to adjust sometimes when you get home too to make that switch. I think I'm so ready when I come home to just like so live tired. healthy and like just yeah. I'm always like oh, it's good to come home. 
Nico Kiafi in one of the forum videos, he says something like, the mark of a good trip is when you can barely walk when you're getting on the plane. <laughs> yeah. And it's so true. Like, if you're if you're walking good and you're in your... But on a good trip, you should have some ailments of the body. Yep. It should be difficult to, like, uncomfortable to sit down, yeah. uncomfortable to do just about Always. anything. Yeah. <laughs> but you got the satisfaction of a couple A grades. Yeah, the satisfaction's worth, worth all the soreness. Yeah, for sure. Well, you mentioned Dave earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually have a guest question from Dave. Here we go. Hey, Maria. It's Dave here. How's it going? I'm looking forward to your episode. Just hoping you could give us a little backstory to the swivel. And that first clip in your X Games part, it's probably one of my favorite clips we ever filmed <laughs> together. And it's got a great backstory. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks, Dave. I love you. Um, the swivel, uh, yeah, that one is pretty funny. We lived in, I can't remember the town we lived in, but it was an hour away from this spot, and I really wanted to get it. So we started off first day um, battling the transfer, and I just couldn't get it. And I got the swivel that day, and we are like, oh, my God, are you serious? Like, oh. We're like, we have to come back here. So we drove an hour, drove an hour back. And then the next day, I didn't get it either. And I want to say that we go on the third day. And I can't remember if it's the third or the fourth day that wow. we're there. And we get shut down by the police. And they gave us a ticket because it's on a church. And mm. we're both like, oh, we just wasted like four days here. Oh, my God. And, yeah, life goes on, and then we, like, keep looking at the swivel, and then we start, like, liking it. And we're like, it's kind of funny. I like, I kind of like it. And I was like, uh, I don't know, Dave. And he's like, it's kind of sick. So we throw it in there, and, like, I don't know. I kind of love it now, too, because it's so funny, and I just wish I didn't spend three extra days there not <laughs> getting it. Because you got it day one. I got it day one, <laughs> yeah, and never got it to the end, like, after um and got a ticket so yeah that was a it was a we were feeling pretty rough after that one That's but then heavy. yeah we didn't have that many clips so it got thrown in there and yeah then you sometimes you start to love like the imperfect stuff too like it's it's just a funny clip that i really like now yeah, that's also something that's interesting too to people that don't film street parts right it's like you went to a spot for 4 days <laughs> to get a 3 second clip <laughs> You spent fucking 36 hours probably or something battling that. Who knows how long. Oh, my God. And then you end up obviously using the one from the first day. Yeah. And we didn't have any, like, um, drop-in either. It was just me and Dave filming the real snow. So we went to the gas station, and we got, like, 20 pallets, too, to get this the drop-in, too. <laughs> Still slow. <laughs> so let's run it back because you got asked, I think, 2019. I could be wrong about that. Uh, you got asked to film for X Games Real Snow. Yeah. You filmed a banger. How, how was it when you got the call? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Were you excited? I was super excited. I was in Denmark, actually, I remember. And um, I was just like, of course I want to do that. I was so stoked. And just like, I just wanted to get back to Canada and get ready right away. Um, and I filmed with Dave. And the, fir <laughs> the first week, in, uh, we went to Sherbrooke in quebec and I, I broke my hip on the first week <laughs> oh my god wow first week of real snow yeah how'd you do that uh i fell in between two um two rails it was a gap rail uh. and i fell in between into the hip and yeah spent two days in hospital and i was like oh no what am i gonna do 
I'm can't film anymore. Um, and anyway, I told them, and I was like, maybe I'll maybe I'll have time because you have two two months, I think. I can't. Mid January or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, they extended it at one time, yeah. So I think you January first. Maybe they extended it at a time, but it, they called me. I think at the time it was in November or something, and like nothing was open or there was no snow anywhere. But um, yeah, I got hurt, and then I got another call from them, and we're like, "Hey, we have." I think Tony Kakella got hurt again, so we have two hurt people. He's like, "They're like, do you want to pull out?" And I was like, "Like, do you have any other suggestions? Anyone else we can invite?" And I was like, "I'm gonna think about that." And I was like, "It wasn't walking. I was on crutches." And I was like. Oh, talking to my friends and I was like I have to give another suggestion so some other one is gonna get like this offer like I'm the first girl that got invited so I felt like super, like I was so proud and pumped um and then we had this joke we we're like no we're never pulling up we're never pulling out and then I called him and I was like no I'm gonna I'm gonna do it and I remember flying back to Quebec with Dave and like I could barely walk at the time but I was like we're filming it. I'm doing it. And like, we had two and a half weeks left. Um, and we pulled it together with some questionable clips in there, but that's what we had to do. You had some bangers. I thought your part was sick. <laughs> real snow. Yeah, it was a, that was a real struggle. I remember calling Jess Kimura after, and I was like, Jess, I don't know if I like this like thing. She's like, I know how I feel. She's like, don't worry. I understand if you want to quit snowboarding right now, but <laughs> it's going to get better. It's fine. You did it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, is it normal to feel this way? And she like, eff- like she confirmed that it was like, yeah, yeah, it's totally normal. So much pressure. I, cause I wanted to do good for being a girl in with the, with the guys too. So I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, but it did. Yeah, it worked out. I was happy to finish. So how do you feel about that? With uh, X Games, real snow being like guys and girls combined, do you think they should be separate? What are your thoughts? Uh, I think for sure they should be separate. For sure, I, I mean, I knew going into it, I wasn't I I wasn't expecting to win. I just wanted to do good and like not look bad next to the guys. But I think, I mean, girl girls and guys are built different, and I do think that we're not really uh, compatible. So I think girls should be up against girls and guys should be up against guys. And Frank Brujah was in the lineup, right? Yeah, he that's, won. That's pretty, He's a pretty crazy competition maniac. for anyone, right? That's Seriously. <laughs> he should be banned from all competitions. Yeah, He's, yeah. He's too good. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he's still... Is he still snowboarding? I don't know. I haven't seen anything from him. From, from him. I don't think he gets after it. Yeah, he'll just like come he out did, for But the I do X see games. him hitting um, backcountry jumps in, like, oh, I've seen some in of that Quebec too. and stuff. Yeah. Like, Quebec, like... They're into like little mining tail landings, yeah. it looks like. They look really cool. Sick. He never got the credit that he deserved, I think. You know, he was crazy, like almost killing himself. Just built for that competition. Yeah. It was like you, for real snow, you had Dan Breezy, who, yeah. you know, you had like, I feel like you had Luif, who mm-hmm. really, Luif shined early shined. with like technical, tasteful tricks. And you have Dan going psychotic. Just built for X And he's just as well. jumping roof to roof yep. and just all of a sudden he's got this trailer and then where Dan leaves off, you have Frank who picks it up and Frank Bourgeois takes yeah. breezy to the next level. Yeah. I <laughs> like, there's things where you're like, you could die doing that easily. hundred percent. It's crazy. But it's also, I think you could almost have two categories, like the crazy building jump off, like, and then the technical snowboarding, like it's two different things. And how do you even judge them like next to each other too? So true. And 
And I mean, I have mad respect for the guys that do those things. It's crazy and I would never want to do it. But personally, I do enjoy watching the technical snowboarding myself. But for real snow, you know, we're trying to please the viewer. So they probably like all the, the crazy stuff. It's like, it's a show. So it's not like for the um, normal snowboarder. Mm -hmm. So who's your... You know, as as a street snowboarder, who are the people that you look up to that you think are doing it right and inspire you? I love Louis. I think he's super good. Um, the animals, good style. Um, I mean, there's so many girls. Jill, Desiree, uh, Jess was always a big inspiration. Um, <coughs> the, ah, the list is so long. Yeah. It's, it's completely um, impossible to name them all. But yeah, I... Um, Dylan Ojo. Oh, wow. Like, so good. Um, and I, in general, I was really inspired by all the, the dope guys when I started snowboarding. And uh, they're all from Whistler. And they, I think, I saw what they were doing, like filming, and I thought they were super sick. Like their style, Eman and Jody and all those guys. And yeah, I was like, oh, they're filming. I want to do that. Now, it seems also like to be Canadian and climb out of the Canadian market, I guess you could say, into the American market, you have to be like twice as good as everybody yeah. for that to work. And and for you, I mean, that's what came to mind thinking of the dope crew. You know, they're all so good and they didn't quite get the shine they deserve. But then for yourself, you, you got that. You're also a woman. How has that been navigating the scene as a, I, I don't, I shouldn't call you Canadian, but but um it's okay i did identify, identify as okay. canadian <laughs> now <laughs> since i got my certificate yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah how's it been navigating the scene as a canadian woman um i think you're totally right uh that the americans get all like it's a lot easier if you're american but that's just the way it is and we're still snowboarding so i mean who cares i i think for sure you can see a lot of like talent that could have been like, you're like, oh, well, this person is just as good as this pro that's American. But it kind of counts for Europe, too. It's just, like, where the scene is, like, blooming and where everything is, like, uh, like that's where it's happening. So that's just the way it is. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like E-Man and Stathis and stuff. And Lane. And Lane, Lane yeah. was all my favorite. Like, oh, my God, he's so good. But he he made it into all, the, like, the video guest movies. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know. He was – I mean – Sometimes I feel like when you do so cra so much crazy stuff, it's just like you need a break. And he, he's I seen him snowboard this year, like up on the hill. But yeah, you can't be filming crazy video parts like that forever. Maybe. Buds, all this talk about these Canadians and their great video parts. Do you know what it's time for, Buds? I'm thinking name that video part. Name that video part is presented by Woodward, particularly Woodward Park City. What do you like about that place, bud? I like the proximity to the city. Oh, the prox. You know what I mean? We're going proxim on this one, bud. It's, uh, what, two exits once you hop on the highway? Yeah, and quick. Uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes from the office, 18 or something. I mean, that can't be beat. You can be there, shred for an hour, be home, and go about your day and get those reps up, like if you like to say. If you're whacking small insults, you could be there in probably about seven minutes. Yeah, maybe. Eventually. Yeah, maybe seven if you're going 100 miles per hour, which we do not condone. We do on not condone show. that. I'd like to say that. But I'd also like to say that the thing I like about it is this time of year, the mountain biking 
kicks ass. They got all ability levels. They got mellow trails. You can get rowdy. They got freaking ramps. You can learn how to do backflips. So it's a great little evening cruise on the mountain bike. Uh, they got an air-conditioned skate park if it's 175 degrees and you want to go do a tray flip. Um, again, if you're in the Utah area and uh, you want to have a good time, head on over to Woodward Park City. All right, Maria, uh, how are you feeling confidence level-wise for Name That Video Part? I'm in the minus, I think. She's yeah. negatives. Negative. Negative two. Negative two? I'm sweating. Ooh, we haven't got a negative in a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. I'm so nervous. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. Jeez. This is either, I don't know, Jess or Desiree. <laughs> uh, no, not correct. Oh, my God. Jess did make this movie. Oh. Here, I'll put it in. It lasts forever and ever and ever. Why can't... Is it Savannah? Yes, that's Woo! correct. Non-invited? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Good job. You got it. I panicked. Minus two. <laughs> All right, what you got here is uh, a bombhole prize pack with the bombhole Yeti. Uh, wow. I think it's called a carry-all. Yeah, we're calling it carry-all. Wow. And, uh, thanks to the folks at Yeti in there. Um, you should have a slow-tied towel as well. So sick. Thank you, guys. Got some hats. I love the cord. Thank you. No problem. Wow, I've been dreaming about this package. Thank <laughs> you. Inside of that prize pack, we also have some slow-tied towels. Huh, buds? Yeah, it's a bombhole collab. They also do all kinds of other great collabs. They have The Grateful Dead, Keith Herring, The Beatles, Coors Banquet, Pink Floyd, MLB, and I know you like this one, buds, the Wu-Tang Clan. What? A couple things about their beach towels. They are plush and ultra-absorbent. There's a quick loop for drying and easy hanging. It's printed with reactive dye and prevents fading over time. And, most importantly, they're generously sized. So go on, pick up a towel, a slow tide towel, slowtide.co. Use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off. It's actually promo code BOMBHOLE20. BOMBHOLE20 for 20% off in the U.S. and Canada. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, this is part two of Name That Video Part. Uh, if you know what song this is, comment on Maria's photo on Instagram, on the BOMBHOLE's Instagram, and that's where we pick our winner. This is a... Legendary woman's video part. Here we go. Okay. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. All right. I got to ask, as a woman who's done a great job navigating her career, what advice do you have for the younger women coming up in the, in the game? To work their ass off, I think. I think I have I have a lot of people texting me sometimes or asking like, "Hey, like, how do I become how do I become pro? How do I become sponsored?" And they're like, "I'm like, you gotta put in the work." Like, I mean, these days we kind of have like our own tools with social medias. If you want to get seen, you can use your social media, but I'm you don't get sponsored from just writing. You have to like make yourself noticeable and. Whether that's like filming a video part or I don't know, filming a lot and like putting a lot of work in, doing competitions. Like, there's everyone that's a pro has put so much work into their career and snowboarding. So, 
that's the best advice I can give. What do you think as a pro that's came up through the vehicle of the video part? It seems like to me, uh, video part versus Instagram and all that baloney. Uh, I think the video part is definitely the harder way. I think it's easier to go the contest way. If you want to get noticed, you know, you can win contests and that way it's like kind of easier set up for you where I think it's harder to find out how do you film a video part? How do you set up a spot? How do you get a, like you need a crew and you need a good crew, you know, like someone that's like just as passionate as you. So I think um, the easiest way is the contest, but yeah, go for it. If you're, if it's your passion, if you really love it, you should totally do it. You got to win those contests, so that's not that easy. That's that is true. <laughs> you got to be the one that's yeah. getting first, second, and third. But I mean, if you want to be pro or if you want to yeah. be sponsored, you have to be good. Yeah, you got to be good. That's step one, huh? Yeah, that is a crucial factor. Yeah. I think people <laughs> often forget. If you want to be pro, big part of being pro, you got to be fucking good at yeah. snowboarding. <laughs> like let's fit, yeah. let's not put the cart before the horse. Yeah, that's, true. Let's. Uh, I like that. And so, if you think you're good, you should be able to do well at mm-hmm. those contests. Then, yeah. I remember watching video parts like Jess and Desiree, like in my, that was kind of like the first I started watching and maybe some of them uh, too hard. And I was like, oh, I think I can do that. And then like you go and you go out in the streets and you try to film something and you're like, oh, I cannot do that at all. But like (laughs) I got shot down so hard and it was, it was really good to realize how hard it is. Um, but I think that also stops a lot of people um, from going any further is because it's really hard to film street and like you, th- it's not a park rail and you have to set it up and it have to be speed and there's all these factors that you don't even think about when, when you don't know. When you haven't filmed the part and you just see these two second clips, you're like, oh, that looks pretty easy. Yeah, I could do that. And you, you can't unless you like build experience and like go do it. That's great advice, 100%. And I, I couldn't agree more because it, when you first go to film those first parts, how do you find speed for the rail? Yeah. How do you know, oh, well, this is at a park. We're probably not going to get kicked out. Or this is at a retirement home. We're definitely going to get kicked out. Or understanding navigating the terrain. I think that's the, the people that get really good at it over time. You can't, you can't um, replicate basically experience. It just takes time to learn all that stuff. And I also think you have to be a little bit of a sicko when it comes to filming parts <laughs> because you have to like standing in the cold all day, shoveling, like yeah. getting kicked out. Like you got to be a little bit, a couple screws loose, I think. For sure. A couple of frostbites and just like, it's definitely hitting your life sometimes, but <laughs> the glory moment, moment is waiting for you at the end too. <laughs> the clip high at the end. Oh, the clip high. It doesn't <laughs> last too long though. <laughs> yeah. How's your Keep clip, it rolling. How's your clip high vibes? It, it's not that good. I wish they were better. I should get better at celebrating. They're like high right away, and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. I don't have to do this anymore, and I've got this shot. I'm stoked. And then, like, right away, you're like, what's next? Like, what's next? It's just, it's never enough. You're chasing a dragon right away, huh? Yeah, for sure. Like a straight-up drug addict. Yeah. I got to ask, because talking to Dara, she said that when you battle, you tend to just never, it seems like, you never doubt that you're going to make it. Like a lot of people have ups and downs where they're like ready to give up, ready to not give up. Is there some truth to that? No, I doubt it the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't let people know. I don't know if I'm ever going to land it for sure. I have my, I mean, I guess you go in and out. Like you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get it. And then you get close and you're like, oh, 
maybe next time and then like uh, it just takes a while and but i kind of learned to trust the process like you know like i'm like okay well this is usually what happens like i'll get close and then i'll get far away and then i'll get close like it never happens right away so i don't know it's just like now i'm so used to it so i just wait it out there is such a fucking, especially a longer rail. There's like a graph to your to your battle. Like you hop on, you test it out a couple of times. Then maybe like five tries in, you go like really close to Super the end. Close. And you're like, oh my God, I'm up here. And then like, you're like, I'm going to get it soon. And then you're just like further and further away. You're down in the dust. Boom, you get close. And then it's this full yeah. roller coaster of emotions. But there's always that one. I feel like there's one where you like almost make it that like keeps you going. Because you're like, well, I basically did it. So I know I can do it. But then... A thousand tries later, you're still not doing it. And, you and it's the same with every rider as a photographer watching. It's that, that graph is mm -hmm. like such something you can live by, set the watch by. Yeah. You get so close and it'll be like 10 more tries. <laughs> I wonder what the amount of uh, Stony Bud. You got this, bud. <laughs> I've heard in my life is probably like in the close to millions. Millions. I wonder how many times I've said it <laughs> yeah. through my whole career. Joe Carlino would always say to me, he's like, A for effort. And I was like, and I didn't, I was like, effort is not with an A. I didn't even get it. I was like so confused. <laughs> I think I had to ask Ethan. I was like, Language what does parent. it mean? Like, <laughs> a for effort. Yeah. <laughs> he's giving you an A. That's a pretty good compliment. I, I, I always like the, when you get close, you're like, you know, that's an A minus. We're looking for the A+. Plus. Yeah. Like it's usable, <laughs> it's a but B we plus. can clean it up. <laughs> Good way to grade you somebody's tricks. You got that tricks. in the bag, but I think you can do better, Chris. Yes. All right, let's talk, let's talk tricks because actually let's talk aging like a fine wine. Let's talk about that because when I look at your, <laughs> your, your career, it starts off like your earlier stuff's you're not as refined, and then you, you, know, you go, I think it went too hard, uninvited, basically real snow. And then um, Burton, and then King Snow is that's our that's our chart, right? That sounds about right. And the the parts get better the entire time. And normally, when somebody as they get older, like I know, I hit thirty, my shit was like a stock skyrocketing <laughs> down. It was like sell, <laughs> sell, sell, sell all your stock. This is bad. But your shit's like going, just keeps going up. What, what's the key? I don't know. I. I think I just have so much to learn still, I guess. And it started, I guess it's different now because when I just started snowboarding, it was like everyone was partying at the same spot and you just had to get tricks. When now it has changed to more like, oh, everyone is hitting each their own spot. So um, trying to like, like trying to find cool spots, but also... I, I love tricks. Like, I think that's, like, I love doing different tricks. So find spots that fits with my tricks. And I think just from experience, I get maybe a little bit better. But I, I look at my snowboarding, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, every year. I, I hate it. Like, I never think it's great. So um, maybe just because I'm chasing the, chasing the dragon, like, I, I want to get better. And there's, like, this want and need to get better that keeps me keeps me going. What's the trick to getting better as you age? Practice. Just getting those Practice. reps up. Getting those reps up. I love, yeah, I I still love hiking at Down Bar in the Park sometimes and, and learning a trick. Like, I don't know, people maybe think I'm crazy because I'm, like, hiking by myself, but I, I just like that. You'll do it by yourself. Oh, yeah. I just like learning new stuff. It makes me so hyped. 
Um, and that's, I think that's what keeps it fun for me that I progress. If I stop progressing, then I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you plateau, it's over. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a couple of clips. Uh, King Snow, I mean, huge standout for me was the switch from board on the King Grill. I like that one. Yeah. Was that a battle? <laughs> Not a huge battle. No, that one's a, I, I had actually battled it for the uninvited and never got it. I think I went there. For, Is that in for, Calgary? Yeah. Yeah. In Calgary at a school. Um, battled it for a couple of days. I think I got a film crew there two times, but I couldn't get it. Um, and yeah, it it might have taken a, taken a couple of hours, but it wasn't actually that bad. Not, not one of the worst. That was a banger. Another one, um, I really like the Blunt 270 in the wall that's somewhere in northern Quebec. I've been to that town. I forget what it's called, but you do like yeah, the, yeah. That, the that, that had a good feel to it. That one, I was so In the alleyway. It was yeah. in the alleyway, yep. Yeah, it was this abandoned building that's like in the middle of nowhere, and we were like hunting for snow. I think that was my last shot that I got because it was melted everywhere. Um, and yeah, we came across this like abandoned thing, and we walked around, and, and I... I don't know, sometimes, you know, when you see something, you're like, oh, yeah, I could try that. And I hadn't, I didn't do a Blunt 270 yet, but I kind of battled it a few places and didn't get it. And, like, the filmer, Seb Judge, was like, why don't you try it here? And I was like, like you really want me to battle this trick again? And then it worked out. And I think, yeah, I really liked that trick, too. It felt good, and it was a really fun day, too. It's always nice when it's, like, it's fun and flowy and you're not scared. I think the, the clips always look the best. It's nothing better than chilling at a bando on a cold winter day. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, no risk of getting in caught and in trouble. Yeah. And if you look at an old Tech Nine video for reference, a lot, a lot of, of settings, a lot of abandoned buildings. <laughs> yep. Oh, Tech Nine, that was so sick. I, that was my one of my first board Tech Nine. Nice. I heard you used to run like oh, baggy yeah. Tech Nine gear back in the oh, day. Oh yeah. You're I, a fan. Oh yeah, I had That's the gold binding. Really? Oh, I love Tech Nine. Like, I was so baggy. Like, it was ridiculous. You were wearing the, the Tech Nine outerwear too, or just rocking baggy baggy clothes? Just baggy clothes. Nice. Yeah, mostly it was a. I think I had an analog set, or I had Ooh, like analog was dope. It was really ugly. Um, not Talty, but the Talty hoodies that kind of skiers oh, wear. Oh, yeah. Mm, that's, that's a tough when, look, That's yeah. when the skiers took it too far. Yeah, yeah. it's a tough Take look. Take a good thing, you go too far, and you got hoodies down past your knees. Yeah, but I do remember my Tech 9 board with, like, these, like, chains on it and gold bindings. And oh, I, dope. Yeah, it was sick. <laughs> that's, that's rad you were riding some Tech 9 <laughs> stuff. What a great Street era. Cut. What a great era, too. Thinking about, I just love the visual, because I've rolled up on it a couple times, of Eastone and Tech 9 crew. In an in, in like a setting, like the amount of like baggy clothing, <laughs> sky high resi tips. Like, what does a police officer think? They see Eastone. He's got a Tech Nine Letterman jacket. <laughs> it's down to basically his knees. Yes, for sure. And Dylan Thompson is front blunt four fifteen off a seven story <laughs> yeah, building. Like seven story with building. Graffiti on it. It's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, those were the days. Those that were the sick. days. <laughs> now I got to ask too with with Burton. It seems like it. It's pretty professional. Is it? Is it like loose and fun, or are you guys like there to handle business? No, it's loose and fun. It's loose. And it's fun. honestly the Burton crew and like every trip I have with them is like the loosest and the funnest. Like you won't, like we always you you always get up like you always do your work and for sure there's some professionalism about it, but um, it's always fun. They take good care of you. Blotto sent us some rad photos of you, too, so it looked like you guys have been grinding out there. Oh, Blotto. I love him. We had some good trips together. He's a 
great person to have with you out there on those trips, huh? Yeah. I had really, amazing images of you. It's been too it's been too long, but yeah, the the One World days were the golden days. They were so fun. He's a straight up workhorse. Yeah, dude. he's a workhorse. Yeah. Two cameras just running around like a madman. And always so positive, kind of dancing and doing weird moves and like <laughs> just staying hyped. <laughs> and getting his uh what's uh, oatmeal matcha Oatmeal latte or something. Oh, is that what he's it. rolling out yeah, there in yeah, the yeah. streets? We all get matcha oatmeal lattes when blood is around. <laughs> Sounds like an aggressive drink. Yeah. All right, you mentioned that you just went to uh, uh, Burton Riders Summit off air. What, what does that entail? Um, yeah, it was uh, all the riders come together, and we could kind of get educated on how they make the products. We see new products and discuss them and tell them what we like and what we don't like, and and just like so we have some info on how everything is working at Burton and we do um some team building stuff we did a competition and we had to design um some clothes uh we were four teams and not to wrap it off but we won it wow <laughs> me and the girls uh, who was on your team me Zoe Anna um Grace Ilva and myself and you won and we won so to get to actually make the stuff we made, we made like a corduroy travel set. That was super sick. We didn't have the best presentation. I think uh, Mikkel, Ben, Mark, and Danny definitely won the presentation. They were so loud and funny. I could see that. Yeah. Danny. Hammering beers potentially? Or? Mm, definitely not. <laughs> Are you serious? Or that's, no, no. That's, that's, no, no. That was margaritas. Were there flowing. was margaritas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good time. But I think... Um, it was so good, and it's really important to have the team together like that. I think to have like a connection with your team, so you feel like you actually belong somewhere. And I think Burton is really good at that. Feel like you're a team for totally. Real. Yeah. Where, where was this at? Was that their office, or was it at a special location? It was at Jake and Donna's house oh, in wow. um, Long Island. Nice. And then we went to the city later on and stayed in a hotel for a big night out and some, yeah, nice dinners. That's pretty cool. Party, partying can also be a great team building. Yeah. Agreed. Go have a night. Like, yeah. Go have a night in NYC with yeah. the team. I mean, that's definitely some team building yeah. right there. We were playing uh, basketball at the pool at night till like three in the morning. And like you were just, you were just like tackling your team and you'd get the ball and like there'd be 10 people on top of you and you'd almost drown. But like so fun. Love that stuff. Like it was really good. A couple of uh, golf carts were flipped maybe. I don't know if I'm supposed allegedly, to allegedly, <laughs> allegedly <laughs> for legal purposes. But uh, I think when I look at that crew, I know Danny D is like a he is a professional at, at like making people laugh while partying. So yeah. funny. His He's impersonations good. are psycho. When he gets he gets going on Mark, oh. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't even handle it. He makes me pee my pants. Like he's <laughs> so funny. He could be a comedian. Like I just want to listen to him. He's funny as fuck. <laughs> Gets a little glazed over in his eye and he just starts roasting people. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of hammering beers, buds, it might be a good time oh, for the you know what? It's about time, huh? For the old pub beer crapshoot. It is. Crack that thing. Let's go. It's a good one, huh? That was a clean crack. I've done it before. It's cheap. It's fun. It's delicious. It's pub beer. It's pub beer. If you're thinking about getting completely blacked out and losing control of bodily functions or responsibly having one or two, what are you going to choose, buds? Pub beer. Every time. Every time. Okay. Uh, we're going to do the pub beer crapshoot. 
So you just gotta roll those. I'll be a crack shoot. Tell you what you gotta do. Two fives. <laughs> we got a ten. Woo! Perfect ten. Okay, perfect ten. What's the biggest prize check you've ever won? Well, that must have been due to her. What did I win? Five five G's? Five G's. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's a good money. Pretty good check yeah. right there. You know what? If you said that you didn't win any money, we would have had to give you a hundred bucks. Oh. So. Okay. <laughs> so, but, but five Actually, G's. Actually, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't win anything. So you won five G's. Is that the street, the street showdown or whatever the hell yeah. it's called? Yeah. Which was that down the alley in downtown or is that at the mountain? When you that was the, at the mountain. At the mountain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really do that many contests. So I think five G's was nice to take home. Five yeah. G's good money. Five <laughs> G's is good anytime right yeah. there. Yeah. So that, is that for first? That was first. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. Thank you. If there was more street contests, would you enter more? I don't know. I tried to do them because I wanted to support that there is some, but uh, I think contests in general are just not li- really. My favorite. Not your scene. But I also, I kind of like to make myself uncomfortable. So I think it's it's okay, it's good to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need more contests, especially where there's good checks for the street riders, you know? Yeah. I mean, if the checks are there, maybe I'll come. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a shot, right? <laughs> I would love to see like a street league style yes. snowboard street contest, you know, where it's like, you know, good setup rails. The lips are good. They're wide. They're tall. You know, maybe it's in the streets. Maybe it's in just a great uh, tier with stairs in a in a park, and it's like the format's not just rail jam or best trick. Like an actual format, like how they run street league, I think would be really fun to watch with the best of the best men yeah. and women. I saw that one in uh, Duluth last year. Yep, that metal. one was crazy. It was wild. I I couldn't go because I didn't have my visa at the time, uh. but. When I saw it, I was super thankful that I couldn't go because that <laughs> looks scary. You're like, glad I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> Jumping out insane. the pavilion. Like, insane. I saw, uh, what's that girl that, like, got her surgery on her leg that got so Yeah, weird. she's oh, a Wisconsin yeah. local. I H- forget her name. Hannah? Yeah, yeah, Hannah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's bad. That was really bad. Really bad. And the, luckily, like, they, nobody got really hurt on the yeah. kink rail. You know, the, the front boards too. on the kink rail were really, really dangerous. Like, oh, dicey, it dicey wasn't on the kink stuff. she got hurt? She got hurt jumping out of the pavilion yep. into the, uh, like, okay. uphill of the landing, basically. Yeah. I mean, that stuff, I I just wouldn't want to, like, session just for fun. Mm-hmm. That that was crazy, but entertaining to watch. It was a heated session. It was, yeah. A lot of fun. Buds and I announced that. Yeah, I hope they have more. Yeah. yeah. Good times. I well, won't be there. <laughs> this, is, this is a great segue. You mentioned your visa from a guest question from your agent, Jameson. Here we go. What's up, Maria? Jameson here. How are you, buddy? So stoked you're on the bomb hole today. Chris Eastone, thanks for having our girl on. Can't wait for this. Uh, Maria, my question for you is now that you have this immigration visa in hand that we waited for for so long where in the usa are you most excited to go shred have fun buddy thanks jameson yeah that took a while it almost took a year to get that through and cost a lot of money but i'm so happy that i can be here now um i'm going to copper to snowboard after i'm done here so that's i'm super excited to go there but in general, I think just, like, if New York gets snow, I want to go there for sure. Wherever it gets snow, really. It just, you can't not be, like, 
not being able to go to the States is like such a, um, it just really is messing with your winter because it's so close to where I live too. And a lot of trips goes here. So, and I filmed a lot in Canada, so I'm kind of over it. Um, Those Canadian cities though are just hot spots because you always have good snow. It's true. Yeah, the I, States can be kind of hit or miss for the streets. Yeah, for sure. It's just, I've been to Montreal and Quebec city so many times yeah. and I mean, so it's we, right? always productive, but we've seen it all. Like yeah, it's, it's hard to find a new spot. Yeah. So hard, but it's always, it's productive. So I, I always end, to end up going back there. Yeah, it's hard. But we get the occasional states, you know, snowstorm in like Chicago. The blizzard, yeah. Or yeah. D.C. Detroit. or Boston or Detroit or all these big metropolitan cities that have these freak snowstorms that it's, when it's good, it's good there. Or, yeah. you know, Minnesota, Minneapolis is always pretty good or Duluth yeah. can be pretty good. Those spots are kind of beat down, though. Yeah. It's just so sick when you get, like, a, a place you haven't been that gets snow. Like, we went to Newfoundland when we filmed for One World. It's the sickest place I've ever been because you haven't seen anything. So everything is, like, brand new and, like, you can you can do it. And, yeah, I think that's really refreshing. You has got, got a good vibe. You got stuck it. there with a crazy 40-year storm, basically. Right? Oh, oh, yeah. How was that experience? That was crazy. Like, no, it was just I'd never seen so much snow in my life. And, um, yeah, we couldn't get home. We couldn't drive. We couldn't get any food. The only food you could get was gas station food. So we would line up at the gas station for, like, hours to get, like, chips for dinner. <laughs> get a bag of Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> I Ew, I've never experienced anything like that. And, like, first it was kind of funny. But then we were like, okay, we really want to go home now. Because there's, like, we can't drive to snowboard anywhere. So we could only, like, snowboard where we can walk to. But, like, everything is buried, too. So it wasn't. It wasn't productive, but it was cool to see. How much snow are we talking here? I don't know. I can't, like, 100 and, 120 overnight or something like that. Like, it, the door was buried. Cars were buried. Wow, and one over one night. Over one night, yeah. Wow. How many days were you stuck on the island for? Mm, oh, I forget. Like, maybe, maybe five days or a week or something like that until traffic is up and running and, again... I can't remember. And the grocery stores just didn't, you couldn't get into them? No. People, was the problem? Well, people couldn't get to work and stuff. So, uh, like so everything's just shut. Everything shut down. But the local convenience store opened up just to. There was a cute few corner stores open. Yeah, up uh, their prices probably. and Yeah, maybe. I can't remember. We were just like trying to grab as much as you could. Like yeah. I remember spending hundreds of dollars at the gas station on like nice. the shittiest food ever. I do that every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a 7-Eleven, Mouth the Canyon. You'll catch buds there on a regular basis. I just put it on my account. I've told this story before, but I'll never forget when I flew to Newfoundland, there was a guy in like a vintage skidoo jacket, like an old like starter skidoo, just, you know, those snowmobile comp jackets. Like, yeah. And he goes, oh, you boys are going to Newfoundland. Oh, you're going to have a good time. You guys are going to have a good time. And I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And we did. We did have a good time. We oh, they're good people there, too. So, so did you get screeched people. in? Did you oh, I was that just stuff? going to ask you. No, I didn't, actually. Uh, we didn't get to it, but we talked a lot about it. But we, we never did. Did you? Oh, yeah. And I think I've Bud's been, did, I've too. been screeched in What do you well. do? I have to kiss the fish or something? Yeah, you got to kiss, kiss the fish. Kiss the cod fish. Kiss the cod. You yeah. got to drink some kind of crazy liquor and yep. then say all these words back to him. 
Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I got and a certificate. It's in my garage. Yeah, I have a oh. certificate framed up. Yep. I'm going to have to go back. You got to go back. Yeah. It's yeah. crucial. Can't believe it. <laughs> You're what basically about? not a local like we are. We're, we're honorary locals. <laughs> yeah, we're locals. We're locals. We're, we actually got a visa because of that. <laughs> I have a that, yeah. Canadian visa. Get in any time now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever go to, uh, what about Nova Scotia? Never been there. No. Do they isn't, have, it, isn't it pretty flat? I don't know. It seems like it. I think it's pretty I flat. I mean, Winnipeg flat. Yeah. I, some people explore to Winnipeg, but I feel like it's a really desperate move. The peg. Yeah. Toronto can provide if there's snow, right? Yeah. T-dot. I've been there once. But you sit in traffic so much. Yeah. You sit in traffic, and it melts really quick, too, there. True. It's not my favorite. Some of those little cities, though, are good, too, in central Canada, for spacing on the names of them. Yeah, me too. Sherbrooke. Yeah. Sherbrooke, yeah. Uh, I don't Obviously, know. Obviously, I went to a town a once called Balzac, Alberta. I thought Balzac. that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to I wanna talk about a spot that... You go to every time it seems to snow there and get A grades. Um, the down rail, I think it's at a school, and I think you switch nose pressed it and maybe switch front board pretzel. Oh, the perfect rail. Perfect rail, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's in 100 Mile. Okay. It's like a small town up north of uh, Oh, People are mad you're blowing up the spot. Or, you know, no, just keep it's going. okay. Yeah, <laughs> you just sold out 100 I, Mile. I think everything has been done on it. Actually, there was rumors that it's been... Um, Taken down, but it's Spot still there. owned. It's still there. I think that that was one of my first spots I hit too. Didn't get a clip, but I went there. Um, they have that, and then they have a triple kink, or I'm I'm nervous about saying what a kink rail just of with multiple kinks. A we'll kinker, just, yeah. A kinker, yeah, a kinker. <laughs> That's kind of mellow. It was quite funny because the newspaper came and took photos and. I never made it, but I made it in the newspaper, and I have, like, this <laughs> terrible photo of myself. All like super zoomed in on 50 you. 50, but you can see I'm coming off, but the guy was so stoked. And um, then I went back there um, a year or two later. I didn't get the clip either. And uh, he, um, somebody came in a snowmobile, and they were like, oh, were you guys the one that was, like, hitting it, like, last year or something? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it could have been us. And he's like... I'm going to go home. And he like sledded home, got the newspaper and came back with the newspaper for me. And there I am like coming <laughs> off early on the rail. I'm like, oh, my God. thank you. <laughs> Gotta love the classic newspaper shot. Legendary. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. But yeah, I do love that perfect rail. But, what have uh, you done on it? Talk us through the resume. Um, I've only done a switch front board, switch front board pretzel and a switch nose press. It, mm. it, it was my third session there. And the other times I didn't get anything. Solid. Yeah. Very solid. In my early, Yeah, I went there in my early days because it seemed like an easy rail, but it just wasn't. <laughs> All right. So I have a Patreon question for you from Frank Wang. Any tips or advice for the ladies breaking through? We have come a long way, but it seems like there is still a long way to go. Thank you for the question. Um, I think for the women as well, you have to work hard or maybe even double as hard. Uh, that's really all we can do. That's a fact. Good answer. Do you feel like there's enough opportunity for women or it could be better? I think it's getting pretty good. Like there's like so many women killing it right now. And, and I mean, it's, it's going in the right direction. It seems like there's more than ever kind of coming up right now. Yeah. It's really awesome and inspiring. And, and also 
ter- like it's like pushes you, you know, like you're like, oh, okay, well, I better step it up. And I guess that's how we raise the curve is like one person do good. And then you want to like, you, you are competitive in a healthy way. And that's how we raise the bar for how that we get better. Yeah, it's healthy for you to have competition coming up because it keeps you straight, keeps you going and working hard. Totally. It's progressing like crazy right Yeah, now. it's going to just take off, especially when you watch the contests. I mean, yeah, it's just awesome to watch, and you can see the progression firsthand, and let's keep it going. Like, this women's Olympics was insane. The best, right? So good. Like, it's hard On the to- edge of the seat, yelling at the TV, excited. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, I loved the women. The women's contest was my favorite to watch. Like, their level is just, like, skyrocketing. Zoe was so clutched, too. Second run, puts it down like a champion. She's the best. Holy smoke, she's good. She actually said, we ran into her two tour. She said, my dad loves the bomb hole. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get her dad on ABU or something. Oh, she's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we she's hung out in- and then Grace, you guys got an awesome, like a bunch of ripping uh, young Burton riders over there. Yeah. Yeah. Grace is sick too in the streets. Like we have a really good crew. We have Nora, Ilva too. Um, yeah. Big fan of those guys. Ilva's a straight up boss. Dude. Oh, Holy man. Smokes. She's one of the best uh, women I've ever seen ride in person. I was at Rail Gardens with her, and I was like, holy smokes, this might be my favorite snowboarder. She's like back 180, none of the big rail. Yeah. Really? Just so consistent, ripping. Ball of energy, too. Mm-hmm. She's so funny. We were in um, Iceland this year, where she's from. Um, and she's just like, called, she's like, Maria, here, have some candy. I was like, oh, I don't want any candy. She's like, it's culture. You have to, you have to, you have to. And like all the time, she's like trying to like, like <laughs> we were just at the Burton meetings. And suddenly she's like, oh, Maria, happy birthday. And she gives me a shot. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want it. She's like, then she starts singing. And suddenly the whole like the, everyone is just singing me happy birthday and like coming <laughs> over and I'm like, thanks. Like she's such a little jokester. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a good time to get into hot takes. Now, Maria, we asked this with every guest. Um, who is the MJ, Michael Jordan and or goat of snowboarding, both male and female? Who you got? Um, female. Um, I think I have to go with Jamie Anderson. She's won everything and done it all. And, it's hard to argue with that one. Great answer. And for men, it is. Oh, it's kind of hard because do I go overall or do I go street or? I uh, say to you, most impactful to you. That's what I look at too. It is probably um, Louis, I think, for street. Oof. Yeah, and I think, ooh, Desiree and Jess kind of like shares that one from. For a female. I don't know which one of them, but they were really, they were just my big inspiration coming up. Solid answer. Luif, uh, I can't remember if we've gotten that one or not, but it's a good answer. I feel like we might have got it once or twice. Yeah, could be good. Also Canadian. Okay, uh, most underrated. Who you got? Mammut Duret, is that how you say it? Great answer. Great answer. We haven't got that yet. Steel or powder? Oh, God. Steel. Great answer. Best style ever. Tommy gives me, I think. And Jill Perkins. Best video ever made. For me, it probably has to be one of the Videograss movies, but I can't remember which one of them. All of them. One of them. All of them. That's a great answer. <laughs> okay. They're, yeah, they're my favorites for sure. Best board graphic ever. 
I really like the the blossom. Uh, Neil Shack has is helping uh, make it, and yeah, they're they're my favorite. Uh, there's been two different ones, and I kind of like them both. But right now, I have the blue one um, with the apple on. It's black with like some glitter. Um, yeah, I like those. Good. Also, you know, Burton, that's potential. She said, uh, give her a raise for that. <laughs> yep. That's, a, that's the uh, cor- very corporate answer. We yep. like that one. Um, okay. If you could go heli boarding with three people, who are you taking? Oh, I'm taking uh, Marie France because she has already taken me split boarding a few times and she's so safe and always stoked on whatever, whatever you do. And she's like hyped. Um, I'm taking Spence O'Brien. I have a lot of fun with her, and um, the last one, Leanne Pelosi, because she's a legend, and she could probably use a break um, in the heli with being a new mom. That's a great answer. Okay, last question in hot takes. Worst trend, what do you got? Jealousy. I don't like that. That's room for everyone and you should be stoked for everyone but if you're looking in trends sorry i can say um tall tees we talked about that earlier and i was a big tall tee fan and uh, it did not look good (laughs) and they went too far they went too far and i would wear them like you know when it's like it gets wet and then it freezes and you have like a dress on and your jacket is up here yeah yeah it wasn't a good look but i was really digging it back in the days Cotton kills out there in the winter. Yeah. Yeah, you can thank Ethan. You can thank Eastone for that. <laughs> for that trend. Whoops. Ethan, you, you just go, you're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> uh, amazing. Well, I got to ask you, too, in the summer, it seems like um, you do a lot of fun stuff in the summer, non-snowboard related now. What do you get into? Yeah, I, I feel like sometimes I love summer so much that I almost forget about s- snowboarding in the summer because I love mountain biking a lot. Like, mountain biking is super sick in Pemberton where I live. And I recently got really into surfing, too. I've been spending the last summer and some of this summer on Vancouver Island. Yeah, it's really fun. It's just so fun to learn something new so you have that progression curve where you, like, get better quickly. And um, I like to be in the ocean, and I've been having a lot of fun there. Some cold water in there, Vancouver Island. Ooh, huh? yeah, it is pretty cold. But then... Um, I did go to El Salvador for a month after, and that's that was a lot more pleasant to be in the water. I bet. What about mountain biking? I love mountain biking. Did I not say mountain she biking? said mountain biking. I did say mountain biking. I love mountain biking. We have, yeah, and Pemberton has really good terrain for mountain biking. It's super technical and rocket and, and kind of scary. Like, you always have a fall on your mountain bike. Like, the first three rides I went on this year, I came home bleeding. And I was like, okay, I like I need to chill out. Like I'm gonna get hurt mountain biking, and but it's when you're like love the adrenaline, it's so hard to hold back. But uh, mountain biking definitely have some. It gives you adrenaline. It's crazy, just so fun. Good exercise and everything else too. Yeah. Uh, what about? I heard a little rumor you might like gardening too. I love gardening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love too many things. I don't have enough time, but. I um I have a big garden in Pemberton. I usually grow everything: potatoes, garlic, cabbage, tomatoes, tomatillos, whatever. I like to like play with it. It's it's hurting a little bit this year because we had a really cold summer, uh, beginning of summer, and then it just like went full on heat. So it's not the best garden I had, but um I quite enjoy it. 
it's so nice to grow your own food and yeah, something I really like about that. A little stress reliever, a little kind of tastes so good out of the dirt zen. too, fresh. Yeah. Except for the hundreds of mosquito bites you get when you do oh, it. Yeah. Oh. I'll be out there in my sometimes I put my snowboard gear on just to go out there. Because it's so bad. The we skeeters. don't have as many you don't skeeters, got skeeters here. here. It's yeah. not as you moist. You got to go deep in the mountains on a lake, and you get a lot of skeeters. But oh, it's in bad. the city we don't have a lot. Yeah, we. I, I guess my house in Pemberton has like no neighbors, and it's like kind of surrounded by forest and swamp. So it's a pretty good. Um, it's the skeeters a pretty are good. out to kill. Huh? They like it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I had a garden for a couple of years, but it's like I'd spend the whole summer doing this garden. To make like one jar of <laughs> salsa. salsa. <laughs> like one jar. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just have to have a big. Yeah, you need a bigger pl- plot. Yeah, big oh, plot. true. That makes sense. And yeah. I'm like kind of, now I've been doing it for so long. So I have like a watering system set up. Oh, and nice. I have a, a fence too because the bears like to come eat my corn. And the deers like to come and chop up like the top of all the vegetables. So yeah, it's like, it's fenced in now. Are you vegetarian? Yep. Nice. I, I eat uh, fish, and I have actually been thinking about um, starting to introduce meat again because um, I cut it out because of some health problems I had and because I don't like really animals getting mistreated. But I was thinking that if I want to eat meat again, maybe I'd start hunting. Um, I, I don't know if I could. I think I could do it. But, yeah, I would like to get into I just like to um, gather my own food and collect and that way. I think it's really it's really awesome and yeah respect that's awesome do you notice that uh you feel better from not eating meat i did feel a lot better i had my gallbladder removed because i was um i was struggling a lot with that so i fully cut out meat and i felt like really good like everywhere but i find because i do so much sometimes i have a slow muscle recovery so i'm trying to like play with things to see what can maybe help me um that quicker and i don't know if i think meat helps like i do eat fish uh, wild fish but i don't know if there's a difference or sometimes i just need to maybe take a rest day which i'm i don't do yeah that makes a lot of sense now earlier i kind of want to go back and highlight something you said you briefly brought up you're like one thing that there's an issue with was jealousy i kind of want you to elaborate on that if you don't mind yeah uh well i think in especially I don't know about the guys, but I think sometimes for girls, it's like there can be some jealousy, like if somebody's getting more success because there hasn't been that many girls. And it's like, it's, it's like create a lot of like negative energy. Um, and I think that there's room for, like, there's not just room for one person, there's room for all of us to be here. So it's nice. I think that women's nobody in general are like coming more together and being supportive. But I think, I might have experienced sometimes where it's like, I don't know, jealousy of like gotten in the way and like of of girls, and like you can't be stoked for each other. Like if somebody has success, you're like you're like bummed that you're not having success. Mm-hmm. And I think that that that's not nice. It's not a nice environment to be in. And I do think we're getting better. Like I think there's a lot of support within. Like we're kind of getting it a little bit from skateboarding. I think there were so many like girls, like just like I don't know together like going to like this level and they're supporting each other and i think it's coming we're getting there with snowboarding too yeah well said and i think that happens with dudes too i think that yeah there's like a little bit of level of hate for someone that does better than them and i don't know human nature probably 
Yeah. I mean, I guess it is human nature, but you should be not a good nature. Stoke for your friends. Like yeah. it's you all like rise each other up. So you want your friends to do good. And um yeah, you want to help them get there, I think. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's just it's like uh just because somebody else is coming on a team doesn't mean they're taking food off of your plate, you know, or it's like No. A, we all have something different to offer to the table. So I think like, you know, you I guess jealousy in general just like shows a little bit of lack of confidence. Like, you know, it's when you're like doubting yourself, but if you think you're good enough, then like it's easier to support your, your homies. Totally. I, I noticed it a lot over the years snowboarding with people. There's just two different mindsets where let's say you're on a team, for example, and you're really psyched. Oh, we should get this person on the team. It'll make the team that much sicker. It'll make us better to have this guy or girl on the team. Mm-hmm. And then you have some people who are like, well, they're taking my spot. Like, they're taking my budget. They're yeah. taking my... It's like, no, this this person's going to make us all better. Like, sicker. Yeah. Make the brand and so better and yeah, sales. Exactly, yeah. So it depends. There's two different mindsets. There's kind of that, that, like, feast or famine, you know, mindset of, like, they're taking my bread or there's like raise a rising tide raises all boats mindset and it's just interesting every people are just wired differently and i think that's how it is i don't know just think differently i just love to see um i love to watch something where you can see people have a good like good support and like a team behind i think that like makes it like so sick and that's how i think that's how you create good stuff too you get like the good stuff when you have like the support, like nobody can do it on their own. So you need like the team behind you. But if the team is not supporting you, then you're not going to get anywhere. It's like a team, team effort. Couldn't agree more. Um, let's talk about hot cocoa. What do we got going on with hot cocoa? We have some pretty exciting coming up. I think, um, I was filming with, uh, Nora and Ilva and Grace and, um, yeah, we traveled a bit this winter to Iceland, Finland, and Montreal. And yet they have filmed some insane stuff. I, I was a bit of hurt, so in the beginning I was a little nervous, but they're, I, I didn't even have to do anything. They were just, they are so sick, all, all of them. I'm so impressed, and I'm really excited, too, uh, for people to see that. Who's uh, producing the movie? Uh, well, me and Dave are making the movie. Dave Walser is a filmer. I mean, it was just me and Ilva that started talking about making a movie together because we've been wanting to film f- uh, together for a long time. And it finally just, like, lined up this winter, and we're like, yeah, let's do it. And like, we were have, like, a couple of sick writers at Burton uh, right now. Like, we should do, like, a, a project with some of them. Um, and, yeah, it's it's really, like, it started off so good. I'm psyched, really psyched. I wish we had longer. I, I wanted to do two years because I was like, oh, but just one more. But that's just my nature. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you went to some cool spots too. Yeah, super cool. Iceland was crazy and sick at the same time. Like, I don't know. Have you guys been to Iceland? No, I, I haven't. haven't. Yeah, it's like the weather changes like every eight minutes. Like you're like, oh, it's a rainstorm. Oh, oh, now the sun is out. Like we had like three major storms where you just can't do anything. You're just like, oh, well, I guess we're going to the pool. And my board didn't show up for the first week. And there's no board job. So you're just, you're just hanging out. Like, wow. I was like, well, I can't just go to the shop. And On get the, whole, the whole place, there's no board shops. No, I think up north, but it's like really far. Uh. And like, I don't, oh, then there's like the storm, so you can't drive anywhere. Oh, jeez. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a funny spot. 
And when we got there too, we were Ilva's uh, parents are from there. Um, they didn't want us to come there because they were like a little scared of COVID because Ilva's dad was doing an Ironman, I think, or a marathon. So we stayed in a we stayed in an Airbnb, and then we finally moved into the house when they were away, and they came back and they. They had COVID. <laughs> and Hilva got super sick, and oh. we, we were sharing beds for three days, oh, no. but I didn't get sick, so I, I got to test and everything, but it was just, it was kind of funny. <laughs> it was definitely some bumps on the way there, but um, I, that's always how it is, you know. You just got to work with it. Solid. How was it being on the back end of the, you know, not just being a rider, but being a part of the behind-the-scenes project with Coco? I didn't really have to, it wasn't hard at all because the girls were just like killing it like it wasn't like oh you guys we have to get up we have to do something because it was just like a, it was supernatural everyone is productive and killing it so yeah it was good well solid can't wait to see it that drops in the fall yeah are you guys doing a premiere tour at all yeah we're working on that right now um i'm not exactly sure where yet Try not to get it too much into the winter. It's hard with the premiere tour sometimes because you really want to celebrate and do it, but you also want to, like, that's when you want to get to snowboarding. So uh, figuring that out, we're definitely going to do a few. I think we're going to do one in um, uh, Austria for uh, Ethan Morgan's uh, event. That'll be fun. I That'll think be that one is. Cool. I think that one's confirmed, but the rest of them we don't know yet. Who's got the heaters? Who's got the heater? Who's sitting on the heat? Oh, Everyone but me. <laughs> and, oh, I can't. Uh, Nora really killed it, and so did Ilva. Like, those, oh, those two blows my mind. And Grace, we're not filming for it that much, but, like, she threw down when she was there. So, yeah, Nora and Ilva, video part of the year. Not <laughs> claiming, but... <laughs> Excited to see it. Amazing. Well, uh, we should... We got to ask before we wrap this thing up too about your setups. What board do you ride? How do you set it up? What is it? I ride the Burton Yaysayer, uh, Flying V, and I set it up however I feel like. <laughs> five, <laughs> five, five. But it's no specific way. I just like whatever feels right. Five, five. I ride the Alexa bindings. Um, did I forget something? I don't know. Do you detune out of the box? Um, Stance with too. I do. Well, that I don't know. I just oh, put them just, on. Yeah, slap them on. Whatever there. feels good. And they do centimeters too, so it's like uh, I'm lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> eighteen centimeters. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I do tune sometimes. Not like I'm not like super specific about it, but if I'm like hitting a spot that like has a little dink in it or something like that, I'll I'll do it. But uh, yeah, it's okay if I don't. Board. Uh, what about outerwear? All that stuff. I'm all over the place with outerwear, whatever. What about boots? Oh, I ride the um, limelight boots. Yeah, I like those. They're super comfy from from the beginning. You like the slider system on those Burtons? Yeah. You're down for it? Yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, okay. Well, other than that, last couple of things we got to ask is what's next? What's next for Maria? Yeah, that's always the question. Whatever the opportunity I get given, um, we'll see. I'm going to maybe film with Ilva again this winter um, she had something going um, plans that fell through so maybe we'll cook up something um, I have a Retallic uh, trip planned with some of the backcountry riders we have a, there's a really good crew of backcountry riders of the girls in where I live so I always want to go that 
route too, but I just, you know, the street take off your time and you don't want to like, you want to keep that going. So it's hard to find a time, but um, yeah, both. I want to write some more backcountry too, but still film film video parts. Retallic's pretty sick too. Good spot. Yeah, I didn't make it last time, but oh, I'm, really? I'm excited. You'll be stoked. Yeah. Good terrain there. That's sick. I'm excited. Amazing. Um, and then lastly, we always like to throw out uh, thank yous. Do you, you want to throw any thank yous out to anybody? Yeah, I want to thank you guys for sure. I honestly love the bomb hole, and I think it's so sick to listen to all the people come through. Um, and I'm I'm happy I made it. Well, not happy, but I made it without crying. I thought I was going <laughs> in. I was a little nervous. I was going into therapy here. <laughs> I mean, do you want to stir up some old <laughs> no, we stuff? Can, yeah, yeah. Can, we, can we talk about the set? <laughs> no, but seriously, though, you guys are killing it, and I'm super stoked what you got going. And, of course, I want to thank everyone at Burton and Donna and the boys, and I want to thank um, Empire, my new sponsor, and Modest. All my homies, my family, and that's it, I think. Great. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Big inspiration to everybody. Uh, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners, everybody that tunes in, buys merch, our Patreon members, our sponsors. You guys kick ass. And that being said, we will see you next week over and out from the bomb hole.